Hello and welcome back for another episode of Blitz the Bull. I'm here with Ant. Yo, what's up? There we go. We're on episode four, and we're gonna be talking about the the game versus the Buccaneers, which was painful to watch, and then the game against New Orleans, which was hopefully not painful to watch. appreciate you guys listening every time we put these out and uh, if you guys can subscribe uh, notify yourself by clicking that bell comment like all that stuff is very much appreciated um what else Ant? um real quick just touching back on what you said about how it was painful i didn't feel any pain with it honestly I like did. i was sad about it but oh breaking news real quick before we continue the titans and bills game that was scheduled for sunday is being moved to tuesday at six Interesting. Hey, I'm cool to so, Tuesday game. I'll yeah, take that. Yeah, we 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 have Tuesday night football, ladies and gentlemen. But um, um, yeah, um, like Nate said, uh, we appreciate you guys taking the time to sort of um listen to us, whether it be on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you're listening to us from. It really does mean a lot. Um, our the fir- our first episode actually is approaching like five hundred five hundred views, it's which nuts. is it's just astonishing. Just the comments that you guys have left about how you kind of agree with what we're saying, you love listening to us, that sort of thing. It, it really does keep us going. Um, real quick, just some little insider information. Information. I don't know why I messed up my words right there. Um, over the next couple of weeks, you guys are going to see a few minor improvements. Um, I'm getting a new microphone. We're going to try and get a new logo going. We're going to try and get a legitimate intro. Um, so just be on the lookout for those. And... We're only doing that because, I mean, you guys have showed that you guys like what we do, so we want to keep this kind of rolling. Yeah. Um, we really appreciate all the support, and in doing that, we're going to, um, well, Ant's going to pay for some of the, the graphics and all that <laughs> stuff, because both of us made the intro, the thumbnail, all this stuff is homemade. We made it all, like, ourselves. So, um, now that we have a little bit of a platform, we're going to use it to uh, grow and expand and make better artwork and better quality stuff for you guys. More visually appealing. And then hopefully in the future, I I haven't talked to Nate about this yet, but we might have some monetization plans ooh, on the way. Ooh. So be, Big bank. be on the lookout for that too. <laughs> It'll probably just go right back I mean, into the podcast. We're not like... <laughs> oh, oh, no, it, it probably will. Like a good percentage of it probably will. But then, I mean, hey, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll talk about that once that comes. Yeah. But enough about plugging ourselves. The Tampa Bay game. Um Oof. Okay. Honestly, I wasn't, um, I don't know, it, it, it was a lot. I didn't feel terrible after the game, I mean, I felt bad because we had a chance to win that game, but that's just been the same old song and dance for the past three weeks. But after the losses, especially with Herbert at the helm, like, I haven't, I have, the losses haven't felt like Chargers losses, you know? It was more, like, like the other team didn't beat us, we beat ourselves, especially not new. going, in, going, yeah, going into the second half, you Put your rookie quarterback in a position to be like, okay, yeah, let's march down the field and let's do this, which results in a terrible handoff, which led to a fumble, which led to a touchdown going to the half. Honestly, it ties back into what I was saying last week. All in all, that was just a stupid call. Just take a knee, run down the clock, just go into the lead with, go into the half with the good lead, that momentum. I mean, after that, the momentum of that game just completely shifted. Shifted, yeah. Um, for me, it was a moral victory because I love to see Herbert, and there might be a Herbert film breakdown coming up soon. But the throws he make, 
he made under pressure was nuts. I love all those throws. We're gonna get more in depth about Herbert later after we do every other everyone else, and then we'll fully focus on him because he is the star of the show. He's been the star of our podcast for the past couple episodes because he's freaking Herbert, dude. And he's gonna be the starter from here on out. I am so excited to see what he can do with all these starter reps now, building all that chemistry. I, I, he's he's gonna be. It's gonna be a close contention between him, Burrow, and um, Tua. What's his face? Jet? Uh, no, not Tua. Um, I'm talking about rookie of the year. That that's how far I'm thinking ahead right now. Oh, Jonathan Taylor. Is it Jonathan? No. Who am I thinking of? It's quarterback, running back. Not, uh, it's a running back. That's not um, Edwards Hilaire. Jonathan Taylor. Uh, is it Jonathan Taylor? I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it probably is Jonathan Taylor. But, like, those three are in close contention, which is cool because, like, Herbert is, what, a game behind Burrow, and he's still Doing statistically it. performing better than Joe Burrow? Yeah. I mean, the only thing that Burrow has over Herbert is his first win. But, I mean, look at the teams that he's faced. He's yeah. faced Gardner Minshew as a quarterback. Who, who else does he face? Uh, Gardner Minshew. He's faced. Um, he hasn't. Uh, he faced the uh, the Browns. I want to say, and he threw sixty. He threw sixty balls, and he was still under three hundred yards. I, like, come on, that's like under five yards in the attempt. Do you, like, you got if you're not throwing three hundred yards, if you throw it sixty times, I feel like that's an issue. But he's a rookie, so. And. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you could say like, oh yeah, he's a rookie. But look at Herbert. He's played against a Kansas City team, almost won that game. He's played against a Tampa Bay team where he almost won that game too. And now he's going into Monday Night Football against one of the best quarterbacks of all time in Drew Brees. I, I forgot um, what team he plays on. We're not going to talk about that. But he, he's going into that game. Like, these past three games have been against really good quarterbacks and really good defenses. But yeah. just And he's doing it without how many starters? Like, 11 starters missing he's doing that he's doing these numbers without the complete right side of his o-line without his running back without his wide receiver too like you you have to give burrow not burrow you have to give herbert a lot more credit than people are giving him in my opinion i feel like it's one of those situations that the, the narrative has already been written before he even stepped foot onto the field that he was a bust he needs you know there's always gonna be an excuse or something with him but and honestly, the narrative should be changing now because he's playing way better than everyone expected, and still people are still like behind and thinking like this guy is bad, this guy is a bust. He's not as good as Burrow. But right now, it's neck and neck. I I personally I will give it to Burrow just for, by a little bit. Yeah. But Herbert is right there, and that's that's crazy because Burrow was seen miles ahead of Herbert in the draft process. In all honesty, like. Um, I haven't seen any bet. I mean, I've seen like one little tweet about like Lamau Herbert sucks or whatever, which is earlier today when they named him the starter. I saw it on a post, and people were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> but um, like, it's crazy to actually see that for once the narrative about a Chargers player is actually changing. People are actually starting to notice. Holy shit, these guys have someone that could take them really far. Which I mean, it, it's great to finally get that recognition as a Chargers fan like going into the draft and once we picked him six it was crazy that the amount of people that were like oh yeah Herbert's a bust they should have picked um um Jordan Love. Isaiah Simmons or, yeah, Isaiah or Jordan Simmons. Love yeah which is actually funny because I don't know if you remember but 
um, day two of the draft, I actually made a post, uh, Chargers at Insider on Instagram, saying, like, the Herbert and uh, Kenneth Murray route is going to be so much better than um, a proclaimed Tua and Simmons route. And, I mean, it so far this season, it seems like that's that's what it's looking so far. I mean, yeah, that is true. I mean, I'm not going to disagree, but Tua hasn't played, and Simmons is being used awfully. That's a whole other subject for me. Um, yeah. Well, I think it's Todd Bowles. It's a former head coach um, who's a defensive coordinator for the Cardinals. He's he's using Simmons awfully. He's playing like strong safety. And when reality, you don't put that guy at one position. You put him on every position on that field. Dude can play everything. He's a bigger, faster, stronger Derwin James. And Derwin James is an all-pro as a rookie. You have to realize this guy's super talented. If you just use him right, he's definitely going to be someone huge. Yeah, I think he only played like 11 snaps last game or something like that. You're going to pick the dude at what? what? Was it number 8 they picked him at? Number 11? I don't remember, but how are you going to pick that guy so high and for a linebacker only play him 11 snaps? I I have no idea, dude. All right, so enough talk about Herbert. Now we're going to go to um, our roster um, breakdown. deep dive. Uh, yeah, our Let's roster breakdown talking about this Buccaneers game. So to start off, we got uh, the running backs. We're going to save the quarterback for the very end because he's Herbert. And uh, Austin Eckler got hurt early, and I did like what I saw out of him when, the, like, the few snaps he played. Um, he's on my fantasy, so that's a huge hit for me. You know, I have, like, four chargers on my fantasy. I'm trying to get Herbert off the waiver wire. But anyway, that's a whole different thing. I was happy with how he played, and then he got hurt. And then Justin Jackson, I mean, I feel like after I watched the highlights, and I haven't really dove into the tape study yet, but I feel like there was holes open for them to break through and just go, but they were very impatient and got tackled behind. And that's something Justin Jackson was very good at reading the, having really good vision. So, and I did see a quote from Steichen saying that Joshua Kelly missed a few holes as well and he got tackled for loss because he wasn't patient enough. And that's just rookie mistakes. And without like some of our best linemen in there, it's very hard to see that, you know. Um, but yeah, Joshua and Kelly, uh, Justin Jackson did not play well at all. We had the fumble, and I think the fumble was mix of Herbert and Kelly. I can't really put it all on Kelly, but that was awful. Uh, it, it was more so Herbert. He messed up that um that handoff really bad, which is another point we're gonna talk about later on. But yeah, yeah, it, it was just an overall bad handoff by Herbert. And then next we got the receivers, Keenan Allen. He's Keenan Allen. He played, he played solid. I don't think he like balled out or anything, but he had that one catch which was beautiful. That throw, oh my gosh. I don't think that I've seen like a, as good of a throw from a rookie ever. So that was amazing to see. But here we go again, going back to Herbert. But Keenan played good. Mike was hurt. Um, Jalen Guyton, he, I think he had a catch or two. Or no, he had a touchdown. Yeah, Jalen Guyton had that nice <laughs> touchdown. Um, yeah, you know, just a catch or two. Man. <laughs> I mean, it was a catch or two, but yeah, he... <laughs> I love the way he tracked down the ball. He just kind of ran and uh, broke the tackle. I mean, I can't complain. Got the touchdown. Um, who else? Jason Moore. I don't really remember seeing him. Uh, we'll get to Tyron Johnson. Who else? Uh, Joe Reed didn't play because he was inactive. KJ Hill. Did you see anything out of KJ Hill? No, okay. I did not. And then Tyron Johnson. Um, first catch. Um, first, I think it was like his first snap, dude. He literally just ran straight diagonally to the pylon like just did not make a move for anything he just ran and i liked at the very end he kind of gave like a little shoulder nod to like to the defense 
and while he was tracking mm-hmm. the ball to kind of slow them down for a second, and then he caught it and ran it in. I mean, the little things like that, should, I I like. I think I think we should look into him more because I remember uh, during training camp he had one of the fastest uh, speeds of all the wide receivers. Yeah, it was and, like I mean, four three. It, 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 oh yeah, and, and it showed during that game when, like like we said, like all he had to do was run straight, and with that speed he he got the touchdown. Yeah, he's so, like, two good players. Mm-hmm. So, Lynn, I would say he would for sure have to look into that a lot more. And that's what's interesting is because we have so many receivers now. We have seven possible answers. I mean, we got Keenan, Mike, KJ, Joe Reed, um, Tyron, Jalen Guyton, and then we also have Jason Moore, who's not a slouch himself. I mean, we haven't seen much out of him, but last year he was solid. So we have so many oh, possible yeah. targets, and that's that was an issue coming into the season. Now coming... Like in the middle of the season, we have so many, which is I think a good good news. Yeah, that that is very good news for a team that was struggling to find a wide receiver three. Now you have so many options for that wide receiver three spot. Yeah, and then for tight ends, um, Hunter Henry, I loved absolutely loved that screen pass we did to him. I mean, I know you're not a big fan of screens, but that the tight end screen works so well. He picked up thirty yards, uh, run after the catch. I think it was like a little pump to the running back and uh, back to Henry. I love that play call. Um, I think we need to start running that more. Okay, my thing with the screens is it depends on what position that you're in that you call them in. So, for example, there was a couple of wide receiver screens that I saw. That I was like, okay, like, you know, I understand if you call those there. Yeah. Then there was, there was one wide receiver screen that they called that was just atrocious, especially with the field position that they were in. So, like, it's not that I hate the screens. It's I hate when they're not utilized in the way that they should be in certain positions in the game. I agree. I agree for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but then... Donald Donald Parham, chicken parmesan, Ooh. the only snap he got in that game was a touchdown. And that was baby. a beautiful uh, – I know I'm going back to Herbert, but <laughs> that ball was placed beautifully. That catch was beautiful. It was just all in all a really good touchdown. Yeah, I really liked what I saw. I mean, that was against a corner. And, I mean, obviously, like – a six foot eight guy versus the corner is obvious mismatch, but I really like what he did, and um, we d- we have to get this guy more snaps. Like I've been saying this since training camp, he's better than Steven Anderson. He's he I think he is uh, tight end number two material just after this year, maybe a year or two. And um, if we don't resign Henry, I, I'm going to say this now. I'm pretty confident in Parham, Virgil, and Stephen or Steven Anderson all to kind of pick it up after Henry's gone if he is gone. Yeah, because each of those tight ends, they have, like, their own unique thing about them. thing about Henry is, like, he's a good all-around guy. Oh, yeah. But, though, like, those three guys, they each have, like, their own thing. Like, Virgil, I know he's not really a good catching tight end. He's more of a blocking dude. And then Parham, he's a good utilization of both, as we saw in the XFL. Yeah, he's and just Anderson, a big, fast like, dude. And Steven Anderson's a yeah. run-after-the-catch type of guy. So they all have a little yeah. niche, which is really nice for tight ends. And, um... The offensive line, uh, I'll let you take this one. <laughs> Alright, so, as an offensive lineman myself, holy shit, what the fuck, dude? Okay, so... He's angry. Pat, I, I, I'm gonna say this first. The pass blocking was not that bad. It was bad, don't get me wrong. But it was not as atrocious as that He's run good. blocking. The run blocking was god-awful. As we were talking about earlier, like, okay, yeah, there was some holes. How many times? Not that many. How, how do you expect your running backs to be good 
if you don't run block well. And it's so weird. I'm so mad at this offensive line because one week it's like, okay, yeah, they're they're good at um, run defending, but then the pass defending is just atrocious. This week, it was a mixture of both leaning more towards the running being terrible. Every single throw that Herbert got out was under pressure. Not every single throw. That's That might be an over-exaggeration. But for the most part, most of the throws that Herbert had to make were under pressure. That that touchdown pass was on a blitz that the right... I forget who was playing on the right side. They didn't even block their man, which caused Herbert to get the ball out a lot sooner. I mean, sure, it resulted in a touchdown, but that's not the point. Yeah, This, this team really needs to... This team really needs to invest in the O-line in this draft, I swear. Because we got Balaga, okay, cool, he's hurt. We got Turner, cool, he's also hurt. Yeah. What, are you, what are you gonna expect? And the, that's not the shit on most of the guys on the offensive line. Sam Tevy, he's done a beautiful job at stepping up. Yeah, I'm um, really proud of Sam Tevy. He's, he's slowly removing himself from turnstile Tevy to like, maybe table Tevy, something different. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like like I was saying, that whole right side of the line without Turner and Balaga is just atrocious. It is so god awful bad. And I, I wanna at this point I wanna see what Storm Norton does. Even though I know he's hurt, I still wanna see what he can do. Cause in the XFL he was not bad at all. He was That's actually funny. a really good blocker. And I at this point, man, just put him out there, see if he could do better. Because the guys that are out there right now, that whole group is just atrocious. Also, a thing with the offensive line, Anthony Lynn needs to make up his damn mind about the offensive line scheme he wants to run. Because if you just keep on switching guys out in position, where it's like, okay, um, Lamp's maybe not going to play, but he will play, you've got to leave a set line in just so that chemistry can bond. I think the Arizona Cardinals had that problem back in 2017. Josh Rosen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um... They just, they kept on switching out that line. The only good person on that line was um, Mike Pitti, wasn't he? Yeah. But other than that, that entire group around him just kept on changing, so they didn't get to develop that um, that chemistry. And it's just, like, the same problem is happening this year. Like I said, this team really needs to invest into some offensive line next year. I or, agree. fuck it, this year. I mean, obviously I would say this year, but, I mean, with everything going on, that might be kind of hard to do. But in next year, if... This next year's draft, if we don't make it out of a top 10 pick, 100% invest that into an offensive lineman. I agree. I think we need to pick a center or something like that because Tevi, he's stepping up. We need a tackle. But the kind of the point of picking Trey Pipkins was to sit and learn for a year or two under Brian Belaga or something like that so he can replace either Belaga or play instead of Tevi. Um, so Tevi, he's doing okay. Uh, Lamp's been our best lineman so far. I'm really proud of Lamp. I think we need to keep him around. Feeney's been, uh, he's been okay. He's playing out of position. I'm pretty happy with what he's done so far. And then at the other guard spot, Trey Turner's supposed to be there. But right now, he's hurt. And uh, one game he played, he got demolished by Chris Jones. And then Vlaga's hurt. And Pipkins hasn't been great either. Um, I mean, Storm Norton might be an upgrade over him right now since uh, Pipkins is a developmental guy. But uh, right now, I don't think this offensive line is any good. And we definitely need a, at least one pick on alignment, a high round pick, first or second, tackle, guard, center, someone. I don't care who, but we need to re-sign Forrest Lamp. And, you know, I think Tevi, Lamp, uh, Feeney, all three of those guys are under contract, or they're going to be, their contract's going to be over after this year. So we need to sign at least one or two of those guys back. And while we're on the topic of a line, 
switching over to the defense while, while I still have a little bit of anger in me. What the fuck was that defensive line play? That was also very atrocious. The thing is, I pinned that on the players, but I also pinned that on the defensive scheme that we ran against Tom fucking Brady. What did I say in the last episode? If you put some pressure on Brady, he's not going to be able to get those throw out. Third quarter, he makes the exact same play to Scotty Miller twice, and it drives him all the way down for a touchdown? Are you fucking kidding me? You can't. We have the one of the best defensive players in the league in Joey Bosa, and he couldn't even get past a, Tristan Wirfs, a rookie? Like, okay, yeah, sure. Bosa may be injured. Yeah, cool. I'll cut him some slack. But a fucking rookie? Are you kidding me? And, and that's not the bash on Wirfs. I wanted Wirfs in this draft. I mean, that, that probably wouldn't have been possible, but regardless, he was still high on my draft board. Yeah. But, like, come on, dude. Linval Joseph, I mean, he, he made a slight impact. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but I forget who that Tampa Bay guard is who was matched oh, up against Linval, but it was Ryan, like, oh, yeah. Um, I was wondering where my... Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, why is my neck hurt? And then it was a picture of Linval. Um, real quick, just a side note. Uh, he was holding on that play, which is why Linval had to do what he had to do. But regardless, the rest of that defensive line, though, terrible. God-awful. That yeah. our defense was just 35 points? Yeah, and it's unacceptable. Like, like, oh, oh, yeah, like, oh, okay, I, I can understand, like, we have a really good defense, but how are we going to boast that week to week? Like, the, the previous two or three weeks, of course, I'm going to be like, okay, yeah, we have one of the best defenses in the league. I don't know whose defense I saw on the field against that Buccaneers game, but that was not the Chargers that I know. For me personally, the defensive line played played pretty bad. I'm I'm a huge defense. Like, our defensive line is my favorite part of our team. I'm a very big, uh, I'm a defensive lineman myself, so I, you know, have a little soft spot for that. Bosa, at the end of the day, he got locked down by Tristan Wirfs. Um, I saw a couple plays where Bosa beat him, but just Brady got it out too fast, and that's kind of the part of the whole point of playing defensive line, is you're trying to get there before he throws it. And Bosa got locked down by Wirfs, who I think was my top tackle of this year for um, him or Jedrick Willis, but I'm pretty sure him was my top tackle of this year's draft class, and um, I really wanted him. But both got locked down. Linval played pretty good. Uh, Tillery, I liked a couple plays from him. We're missing Justin Jones. I, I, I'm in Melvin Ingram. We need these guys on the field. These guys are huge for uh, run stopping. Like Melvin Ingram, he takes over drives. And um, Chenna played all right, but he got locked down again by who? Not, I don't think it's DeMar Dotson. It was another tackle they had, and um, he shut down. He shut down Chenna and our run defense atrocious as well because Ronald Jones, I, I'm a huge Ronald Jones fan. I actually collect the dude and all this, but he bat, he gashed us when he really shouldn't have. Like Fournette and Shady McCoy were out, and we got bashed by Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn. Are you for real right now? Like these guys are not that great. They haven't been that great, and um, we like Ronald Jones. We made him look like Adrian Peterson out there. Like it, it was not good. Um, so our, our offense one hundred percent kept us in the game. Yeah, and our defense. I don't. I don't know what's wrong. I mean, I, I feel like they have. I think the Buccaneers are gonna have the best offense in the league when it's all said and done. But that shouldn't be an excuse for us to give up that many points. I mean, it, yes, they have Brady, three tight ends, three like four receivers they can all throw to, like four running backs, a good line. They have everything they need. But our defense should be able to keep them in check somewhat. And moving on from that is our linebackers and uh, linebackers Kaiser White. He I he oh my god, 
I'm such a big fan of Kaiser White and Denzel and all of them, but Kaiser got toasted all game long. Gronk mossed him. He, lo he got lost in coverage a couple of times. He got beat by O.J. Howard. He just, I mean, he played awful. He, I don't know what happened. He was a coverage linebacker and got burnt in coverage consistently. I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm still a little mad, so I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna let you just, just keep on going down the list. Okay, so now we got Denzel Perryman. He was mic'd up. I'm a huge Denzel fan. I love Denzel. I've talked to him a few times. He's an amazing, amazing guy, and he, he actually played amazing. Like he was a lone, very lone bright spot of our defense. There was a drive. I'll try to find the clips, but there was a drive where all by himself he stopped. Um, like he, he closed the offensive drive by himself. First down, um, I think he got a pass deflection. Second down, he um, he pressured or something. And third down, he got a hit on Tom Brady. I will show you the clips, and um, you'll see. But he stopped a drive all by himself, Melvin Ingram style. Like It was amazing. Very happy what I saw out of Perryman. Um, needless to say, we're missing Drew Tranquil and his ability to cover and rush, like, you know, beat the running running game. So we're, we're missing him. Um, Kenneth Murray had some mistakes. I don't. I still don't see all the hype just yet about Kenneth Murray, um, but I do like—I <laughs> do like like somewhat what I see. But you look at Patrick Queen, and Patrick Queen's outplaying him, and um, them two were neck and neck for who's the number one linebacker of the draft. And uh, I don't—I don't know. I haven't really seen it too much, so we'll see in time what what happens. But to move on, we have the corners. We have Casey Hayward, um, Desmond King. Uh, Michael Davis. So Casey got toasted a few times, but he was okay. He got toasted by Mike Evans on that one play, where like he just lost track of the ball. Uh, Desmond King, he played pretty good. He he made his presence felt real fast, and I I'm pretty proud of uh, Desmond. And then finally Michael Davis, who actually I'm very pleased with. Uh, I, f I forgot what I said. I think I might have said in the previous podcast that Michael Davis will play good or he'll play bad, either one. But he got a pick six against Tom Brady. He was really, like, there's a stat saying he was, like, the third fastest ball carrier, which is pretty cool to know. Um, pretty pleased of how the DBs played. Uh, for safeties, Rayshon Jenkins, he, he was solid in coverage. His his run support needs to be better. Uh, Nas, I didn't really see much out of Nas. I don't really recall any plays that he made or he didn't make. So that's, that's really it for the defense on my part. Okay, so finally, we have Herbert. We save him for last, and, um... To start off, Herbert played incredible. He was under pressure much of the game. Explaining why his under pressure stats are so good because he's just always under pressure. Um, <laughs> there, he he had perfect throws while getting hit. Perfect throws, 62 yards down the field to Tyron. He he was lights out. There's like, of course, that pick was awful. I, I saw what he was trying to do. He was trying to get it up and over a linebacker, but in the bucket of Keenan before a safety gets there. But that's just a hard throw to make. And I think what he should have done is thrown away, ran the ball, you know, make a smarter decision with it. But that's part of the whole rookie process. And um, I think overall, I'm really proud of the way he's played. His accuracy has been beautiful. Um, what is it, 72% completion rate? That's like Drew Brees level type accuracy. And um, he's... He's doing great. I, I, I have nothing really bad to say besides that handoff, which he totally missed. And I think he put it too high. And that interception, that's my really only knocks he I have for him. Him scrambling out of pressure is a bootleg to the right. And there's a guy just coming straight free. So he kind of like jukes the guy out and goes back left and throws it. That was an amazing play to 
turn something into or nothing out of nothing to something and um I'm very proud of Herbert and so far I think he's going to be the franchise quarterback for us for a very long time. Just that game alone is enough for me to say that. Yeah, it kind of ties back to what we were saying earlier about how people were so quick to say Herbert was a bust and he's performed the way that he has against the Tampa Bay team whose defense is really good. Um, a Carolina Panthers team, which we're going to... Um, and like I said, we're coming up on that New Orleans game and it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Then he, He's had... In all of his starts, well, besides the one, I think he's had 300 yards out of from two to three starts. I want to say so. He's I want to say almost all he's had th- Yeah, he's had... No, Um, this past one, he only had 296, I believe. Bruh, two, that's a 300-yard game. I don't care what you got to say. <laughs> <laughs> Round that up, in every single one of his games that he's played, he's had 300 yards. And he's not so, throwing the ball 60 times like Burrow, and he's still getting that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just because the Chargers have had the ability to sort of mix up the run in the past. Obviously, with Eckler gone, that's going to be... Much different. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a lot different. Especially, you know that Eckler's going to be out a while since they brought in Kalen Balazs yesterday. Um, if you guys didn't hear about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we... so... um, I, Maybe I like we Kalen. see more passes out of Herbert? I mean, yeah, I mean, I do too. I, I love what he did with Miami. With the Jets, I mean, Oof. I can't base anything off of that because Adam Gase. Yeah. I mean, he also had Adam Gase in Miami, but I think out of college he was a solid running back. I think he was all-around type of guy. Kind of was like a Joshua Kelly. Like, I, that's how I kind of viewed him. And, um, I mean, we, we'll see what happens with him. We didn't sign him. We just worked him out. Uh, we've been working out running backs all year, so we'll kind of see. I think Bradwell should get the nod for the number three running back for now. He deserves it. Um, but moving on. We have New Orleans versus the Chargers. And we're going to start off with the injury report that just recently came out. So, it came out actually as we were recording this podcast, which is pretty interesting. Um, to start off with us, we have... So, this is just Thursday, because since it's a Monday game, Thursday is the first practice of the week. So, Nasir Adderley, shoulder is full. Bosa, he did not participate. Brian Balaga didn't participate. Uh, Eckler didn't participate. We know he's not. I think we all know Eckler's out for another month at least. Um, Feeney, Jenkins, Cole Mazza, Kenneth Murray, Stormer, and all of them were full with certain injuries. Uh, Tyro Taylor, Taylor was number two limited participation. Jerry Tillery was full. Uh, Trey Turner and Mike Williams did not participate either. So there's a lot of players on there that's just worrisome for them not to play. Um, I want to see Mike back. I want to see Turner back. Um, I want to see. I want to see. Of course, Eckler, but he's out for a while. I want to see Brian Blog and Bosa. We need all those guys. At least one of two of the uh, Balaga Turner kind of saga we have going on. If we can get one of them back, that would help massively because the line is a core. It's a team. It's all mini team. You know, they like Balaga would so be able to help out Groy or you know whoever else would be right next to him or. Um, Trey Turner will be able to help out Trey Pipkins really well. It's it's a, it's a matter of having two guys on each side, you know, and in the center, of course, to bond with, with each other and play as a team. It really helps more than having just to keep switching in and out. Groy, Turner, Laga, Pipkins, you know, all these guys switching in and out. It's just helpful for all of them to get chemistry, like Ant said earlier. Um, and, and then looking on the Saints side of the ball, they're going to be missing some key players too. Jared Cook. Um, 
limited. Obviously, their star tight end is limited. Uh, Marcus Davenport uh, with the toe injury is also limited. Uh, Justin Hardy, Deontay Harris, uh, Janoris Jenkins, they were they didn't practice at all today. Um, Trey Hendrickson, Malcolm Jenkins, Marshawn Lattimore, Andreas Pete, Ryan um, Ramzik, and Michael Thomas were limited participation today. Yeah. I, when I read that Michael Thomas, I was like, huh. I mean, I mean, we, we knew coming into this week that it was going to be an up in the air if Michael Thomas is going to play. If he doesn't, obviously, that's a good thing for us. If not, fuck. But, um, yeah. but regardless, regardless, that Saints team is missing, is gonna, might be missing some key players. Cook is a great tight end. They're going to miss him. Their backup is Adam Troutman, who's a good prospect, but I don't think he's no Cook. Um, excuse me. Marcus Davenport, their starting defensive lineman, he's been he was a first round pick. He's been disappointing, but he was never really supposed to be a first round pick. But that's still a play a starter, you know. Uh, Justin Hardy's a depth corner. Deontay Harris is a kick returner and like I think slot receiver. So seeing this that guy out could be huge because he's a dangerous guy. He's like a little Tariq Cohen. Um, Trey Henderson is a really good rotational lineman. He's really good actually. Um, Janoris Jenkins. We all know how good he is. He's a starting number one corner. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins is a number is a great safety. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is the number one corner on this team. He's really good. Andrews P is really good. Ryan Ramchek's really good. And Michael Thomas, we all know how good he is. So there's a lot of good players that are limited or not participating at all. Um, I hope that a couple of them don't play. You know, I don't wish injury on nobody, but I hope they don't play against us. Of course. So yeah, with the injury report done, we're gonna look at the their roster, and I'll break it down. Um, this is what I'm good. At. I'm good at personnel and knowing players and all this type of stuff. So this is kind of my thing. To start off, um, we're gonna start off with, with wide receiver. They have Michael Thomas, uh, Benny Fowler, Marquez Callaway, and Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris. So that's that's a lot of guys, right? Michael Thomas, number one receiver, top five receiver in the league. We'll see if he plays. Emmanuel Sanders had a really good year last year but he's been really disappointing for them this year so far uh Traquan Smith I liked him out of college he's been up and down so far and he had a good game I want to say last week so he's he's a dangerous guy Deontay Harris is a kick returner but he's slippery uh Callaway and Fowler are both depth receivers um to running back they have Alvin Kamara who's been really really good they have uh, Latavius Murray, who I think is criminally underrated. Could be a starting running back in this league. He's very, he's solid. Um, Dwayne Washington, I haven't heard of, so I can't say anything. At fullback, they have Josh Hill and Michael Burton. Uh, Burton's their starter, but Josh Hill's actually a tight end. So, excuse me, Adam Trapman will not be the backup tight end if Cook doesn't play. It's Josh Hill. Um, they just have him listed at fullback instead. So, speaking of tight ends, Jared Cook, very good tight end. He's very good pass catcher. Um... Troutman and Josh Hill is going to be a solid one-two punch if he's out. Um, but none of them are a number one tight end. Both of them are like number two material. So I guess that's good for us. Ryan Ramchek's one of the best right tackles in all of football. Um, when they picked him with the last pick of the first round, I was really surprised. But I'm, I'm really happy to see his growth from Wisconsin. He's, he's a really good tackle for them. Uh, Cesar Ruiz was their first round pick this year. He's really good. Um, I liked him out of college. I think it was a reach at the time, but he's been he's been proving me wrong and playing really good. They also have Nick Easton, who's a starting lineman in this league, in my opinion. So that's interesting. Uh, Eric McCoy at center. I think he was a third round pick in last year, and he's playing good. Uh, Andrews Pete, 
who I kind of thought of as a bust at first. He's starting to pick up the slack from his first round caliber. Teron Armstead. He's been my I think my favorite tackle in the NFL. He's very athletic. He's kind of I guess under quote unquote undersized, but he's very athletic. Um, great tackle. I think Chenna and Bosa will have a hard day against these guys because I think this is the best tackle duo in the league. Teron Armstead, athletic. Ramchek's more of a mauler. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how we play against these guys. Uh, of course, they have, we all know, Drew Brees, former Charger, drafted by the Chargers. Um, Drew Brees is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, if not the greatest. There's, there's a debate there. I'm not going to get into that. But Drew Brees is amazing. Um, very smart, quick, fast, rhythmic passer, almost like Tom Brady. You know, it's kind of similar quarterbacks. Um, Taysom Hill, you know, he's a gadget guy, special teamer. Um, and James Winston, we all know James Winston, 30 for 30, baby, E to W. Um, so, yeah, now moving on to their defense. Um, I, th I think this is also very dangerous. They have a really, really good team. So, they have Marcus Davenport, Trey Henderson, and Marcus Hunt. All three of those guys are serviceable, serviceable defensive line, but I don't, linemen, but I don't think any of them are really, like, starter caliber. Maybe Marcus Davenport, but all of them are a good mix. Um... At nose tackle, they have Malcolm Brown, who's a really good player from the Patriots. At uh, defensive tackle, they have David Onyemata and Sheldon Rankins, who are both really, really good defensive tackles. Like, this defensive line is scary because they have three, they actually have four defensive ends that can play. They have three defensive tackles that can all play. Um, they have Cameron Jordan, who's a superstar. Uh, we all know who, how good he is. Um, DeMario Davis is a really, really underrated and good linebacker. I think. Facing Levante last week kind of gave us a taste of what Demario Davis is, and Levante David destroyed us last week. So this is, I wouldn't be surprised if Demario Davis did the same. Alex Anzalone um, and Craig Robertson. Robertson's a good rotational linebacker and special teamer, but Anzalone's a very solid linebacker. I liked him. Um, he's kind of declined for a little bit, but I've liked him since he came into the league. Caden uh, Ellis is their Sam linebacker, which is like the pass rush position of linebackers. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I haven't heard anything about him. I just know he's from Idaho. Where's number 55? I don't know anything about him. But his backup is Zach Bond, who's a second-round pick. I thought he was going to be a first-round pick. Um, Zach Bond I really liked out of college, out of Wisconsin. And I think he should be starting. But looks like both Caden and Zach haven't been getting much playing time at all. So I guess that's a plus. Um, at corner, they have Janoris Jenkins, who's been a great corner for a long time. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore who since his rookie year has kind of been declining, but still a very good corner. Uh, Patrick Robinson's another really good corner they have. Uh, he's been around for a while. I'm pretty sure he played for the Chargers a year or two. Um, at strong safety, they have um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Um, he's a really good safety out of college. I thought he was going to be the number one safety picked before the, uh, the season he came out in. So if he would have left college a year early, I think he was going to be the number one safety. But he didn't, so he got picked really late. And uh, so he's he's a good player. P.J. Williams, another backup. Uh, D.J. Swearinger, another backup. G, uh, J.T. Gray, another backup. All the four of those guys are solid players, and their depth is insane. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins, he's been a great safety for a long time. Um, all pro, pro bowl type of guy. Marcus Williams, he gets a lot of flack because of the Minneapolis miracle. Um, but ever since then, he's been a great safety. He He's really impressed, and he's been a great coverage type of guy. And um, overall, this Saints team is nutty. They have everything, both offensively, defensively. 
we'll just have to see if the refs can help us out because apparently the refs hate the Saints. Um, but in all seriousness, we we need like we need a lot of things to go our way to win this game because the Saints are just as good as the as the Buccaneers, if not better. Did you just say that the sna- that the Saints that the Saints team was nutty? Yeah, I know. <laughs> that, that's an, I mean I mean it fits the description fits it's just I mean I, I didn't expect that word in particular <laughs> nutty, <to come> man. <laughs> what a nutty team we're going up against dude you have anything you want to say Ant? um like I said before those injuries are gonna play a key role in what happens as Nate said that team is nutty as it is <laughs> so any any sort of help we could get is really good it's all gonna depend on if our offensive line play good, I'm, I'm I'm asking for a lot of this team, but if our offensive line can play well, give Herbert his time, I think the defense is going to be a lot better this week. I'm just taking last week as like a little hiccup because, like I said before the game, our defense has played stellar. Yeah, totally. Good. But I I I think that was just a little hiccup week. This week, I think the defense is going to our defense is going to do a good job of containing Brady as long as we can get Herbert some time to unload that cannon, then I think we should be good. If if we don't win the game, then I think it's going to be another close game like it was with Tampa Bay. Yeah. It, it was, it's, um, it's going to be a rough game to watch, especially on Monday night. Um, I'm never confident going up against good teams because they're a good team. And with the Chargers, you never know who you're going to win <laughs> or lose against. You know, we can lose against the 0-16 Browns, but, you know, we can win against, you know, the Green Bay Packers, you know. So or one in fifteen Browns, my bad. But you win against the thirteen three Packers and lose against the one in fifteen Browns. It's it's just being a Charger fan. That's part of what it is. You win against teams you're not supposed to, and you lose against teams you're not supposed to, which is kind of fun. which is why yeah, which is why I think we're gonna win this week. All right, you you think we're gonna win this week? I, um, I'm putting a lot of faith into this team okay. because, like you said, like you said, we lose games that we're supposed to win, and vice versa. I think. That we're gonna we're gonna get Herbert his first win here on Monday night on the biggest stage of them all in the Mercedes Benz Superdome. I mean, I, um, I love that stadium; it's beautiful, and I I hope we win, but I don't think we're winning. I think we're losing <laughs> like somewhere in the twenties, like twenty four to twenty one, some close like that. I think it's gonna be a high scoring game, thirties forties, uh, around that. Hopefully, um, are gonna up. win by Chargers will win by. Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. See, the the thing about these dead accurate um, predictions is that they'll sometimes come true, like I'm on the money, and then other times I'm completely off. So, like, I say, okay, yeah, it's going to be a 30-40 game. It's going to be, and then my luck is going to be, like, 20-14. to 14. Yeah. Um, Chargers are going to beat the Saints by 10 points. Oh, 10? Uh, Damn. Yep. Um, I'm going to get bashed so hard for this. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, 43 to 32 Chargers. Or 33 Chargers. Dang, that's that's going to be a high-scoring game. I, I mean, I'm, I'm all in for that. I would love that outcome, but we'll see what I happens. I mean, just, j- just thinking about it, like, you have two good quarterbacks lined up against each other. If our defense doesn't play well, then okay, it's just going to be another shootout like it was last week. Let's just hope that instead of like just completely playing shit last week let's just hope that it's been but don't break i think the offense even with mike williams out herbert's still going to be able to perform like he has been 
Like I'm, I, I'm, I think Herbert's gonna get another three hundred yard game. Yeah. Um. But, but I, I think, I think th- this Chargers team is gonna be able to go toe to toe with the New Orleans Saints. We will see, man. I mean, what are we one in three right now? Yes. So if we go two and three, and then we have an easy schedule, um, that that could be huge for us to make the playoffs. I mean, I think we have a leeway. Like, I think the lowest we can like go to get in the playoffs is ten and six. I mean, nine and seven maybe, but ten and six, I think we have to be to get in the wild card and see where we go from there. Especially with how Oakland's playing now, that that's gonna play a huge factor. Yeah, Oakland's pretty fun. good actually. Yeah, I mean, they almost beat the Saints. Yeah, wait. What are they? Okay, this is oh the Steelers are doing really good too, huh? And the Ravens, like, and the Browns are not half bad. Like, that whole AFC North is not bad. <laughs> like, looking at all like the whole AFC side of things, I think there's three playoff spots now for wild cards. There's yeah, it's gonna be difficult. Like, there's us, Raiders, Ravens, Steelers, Browns, um, Colts, Titans, Texans. Shoot, um, Patriots, Bills. Like, there's so many teams that can totally make it. And we'll, we'll see what just happens. Ima- just imagine being lucky enough to play in the NFC East every year, dude. <laughs> dude. God. <laughs> what do they have, like, two wins totaled as a division? Something like that. That's sad. On- Honestly, I think, not not this year, anytime soon, within, like, five or ten years, they need to restructure the divisions. I mean, that's pretty interesting. Because, I, I mean, think about it. We're the AFC West, and we're playing a team. We play a team... Twice a year, that's all the way in fucking Missouri. What I was saying is, like, I think they should restructure the division sometime soon. Like, for example, our division would be us, the Rams, the Niners, and the Raiders. I think that would be a fun division to watch for years to come. Because, I mean, and, and that's not me, like, trying to chicken out of playing the Chiefs every year. It just it doesn't make sense. Like, Denver makes sense because Colorado's, like, not that far Vegas makes sense. It's not that far either. I think it's the Rams, Missouri. It be, I think it's the Rams. It should be someone else, like Seahawks or Cardinals, because having two teams in the same division playing at the same stadium in the same city, I think they need to be separated. AFC and NFC. Eh, <laughs> the, the, that's it, it, it's debatable. Yeah, because like, cause like for the most part, every person, every team's division makes sense besides ours. Like. Three of the teams make sense, and then you have fucking Missouri all the way over there. It's supposed to be in Kansas, but, you know. <laughs> it's, it, it's not. It, 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 they're Kansas City. They're not the Kansas Chiefs. They're the Kansas City Chiefs. It, it still doesn't make any sense. It's like, oh, you want to go to California City, and it's like in Denver, like or like in Colorado? Like, what? That's a thing. Oh, my goodness. That's a Anyways, um, enough about Nate being confused about states. I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Yeah, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, make sure to like it, subscribe, comment, all that fun stuff. We're all over. We have uh, Google Play Podcast, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you want to find the podcast. It's going to be out there. Appreciate you guys supporting so, so, so much. And if you can share with a friend, uh, tell, you know, post on Twitter, anything will help. And uh, thank you guys so much for watching and listening. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace. On the other side of the country. Wait, where? where wait, Missouri. Kansas City. No, did I mess that up? Yeah, that's in Kansas. Kansas City. No. <laughs> it it's it's not. Kansas City's not in Kansas.
Kansas City is in Missouri, you dumb fuck. No way. <laughs> what? <laughs> How? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all the way on the other side of the country. Then why the hell is it called Kansas City if it's in Missouri? That doesn't even make any sense. America, I thought you knew explain. about that this whole time. No. But yeah, yeah, Kansas City is in Missouri. It's not in Kansas. So what next? The Denver Broncos is not in Denver? Like, what? what's what's next? <laughs> he was swarming around the ball. He had a couple mistakes here and there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, we're going to go back to Drew Tranquil. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so Drew Tranquil was... Um, we're missing him with his ability to uh, cover the... Okay. I'm in the middle of eating a cookie. Take take over the rest for a little bit. <laughs> Outtakes, bro. We already got a couple. Let's go. <laughs> hey, man. I'm hungry. I haven't eaten all day. I just want to eat this damn Lunchable. <laughs> Dude, I haven't eaten either. Let's go. <laughs> what kind of Lunchable is it? Um, light bologna. I'm not going to eat the Ew. bologna, though. I hate bologna. Yeah, you gotta get the pizza one, bro. That's where it's at. Uh, the the turkey and American cheese is the best one with like the double stuff Oreos. That's the best. That's restaurant. all right. <laughs> Don't you uh, dare all write that, bro. It's all right. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. Oh, but yeah. I'm still eating my lunch bowl. <laughs> all right, all right. Um.